Welcome to November's edition of Africa Brief from IFEX, the global network that promotes and defends freedom of expression and information. Africa Brief is our monthly look at some of the key issues impacting Africa's free expression landscape. We're recording this on Thursday, November 11th, and things may have changed by the time you hear us. My name is Nazarene Jaru, IFEX's Network Engagement Coordinator, and I'm joined from Harare, Zimbabwe, by Rihanna Masters, our Africa Regional Editor. Rihanna, it's been a while. How have you been? Well, um, Nazarene, it has been a while. I'm well, thank you. That's great. Rihanna, you know, your latest roundup is on our website at ifex.org slash Africa Brief. That's I-F-E-X dot org slash Africa Brief. As usual, it was quite an engaging month. However, we'd like to start with a recent commemoration of International Day to End Impunity for Crimes Against Journalists that happened on November 2nd. Listeners, according to UN reports, uh, between 2006 and 2020, over 1,200 journalists have been killed for reporting the news and bringing information to the public. And nine out of the 10 cases, the killers go unpunished. Across the African continent, we've already had 13 journalists killed between January and September just this year. If you may, Rihanna, could you tell us how the day was marked on the continent? Thank you, Nazreen. Yes, of course. Um, let's let's start in South Sudan. The Association of Media Development um, held a you know seminar that day, and they delved into the topic of rising impunity. Uh, you probably are aware that South Sudan is rather high on the global impunity index, mm-hmm. uh, and even having such a, a seminar is pretty precarious in that country. So you know. Um, they have to be congratulated for organizing that event. Uh, then in Ghana, the Media Foundation for West Africa, uh, they were supported by the Netherlands Embassy and the Alliance for Women in Media Africa. Uh, they uh, had um, a workshop on the safety of female journalists in Ghana. And the women focused on you know, the harassment and the inequality and inequities in the newsrooms that they have to struggle with and the attacks and the assaults that they have to deal with outside of these newsrooms. And they, you know, they did point out that, look, these statistics show that a higher number of men are attacked, but that's because the media is male-dominated. They are often under attack, and you know, there isn't enough research looking into the gendered impact of attacks on um, you know, media practitioners. Uh, in Sierra Leone, uh, there was a, there's a partner um, uh, of the Media Foundation for West Africa, and they had a seminar and a day, they had a meeting um, with security uh, agencies in the country. And a day later, they actually signed a, an MOU. Uh, this was between the media and security agencies. And basically, you know, that's a very good step because it really um, kind of, you know, improves relations between the media and the police and it Mm. puts journalists at less risk. Mm. And it's a practice that, you know, they're having more and more discussions with security agencies. It was one in Zimbabwe as well, with partners of the Media Alliance of Zimbabwe, of which our IFEX member, Misa Zimbabwe, is a part of. 
um, they had the Minister and of uh, Information and the Deputy Minister at this workshop. It was organized by Gender Media Connect. And they also brought in the Zimbabwe Republic Police Assistant Commissioner, uh, Paul Niati. And, you know, at the beginning of COVID, there were numerous attacks on journalists. Um, but after, because of the relationship with the police, they were able to speak to them as the Media Alliance of Zimbabwe. And these attacks decreased uh, over the next few months. So yeah, these were just some of the, and, mm. and a lot of our partners put out very strong statements on that particular day. Um, and we'll touch upon that in the next brief. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Rihanna. Great to see all those events um, being commemorated across the continent. And I think even just bringing in different stakeholders to the table to speak on these issues and seeing governments buy-in, um, as well as security forces as well is, is great. Um, and, you know, just going, um, you had mentioned something about the Media Institute for Southern Africa. Um, and I just wanted to say that uh, recently they have been continuing to shine a spotlight on missing uh, Mozambican journalist, Ibrahim Ombarako, who has been missing since uh, April uh, of last year. Rihanna, could you speak to why, you know, cases such as his uh, perpetuate a culture of impunity? Um, you know, sometimes we, tr we try to understand what is the state's responsibility in ensuring the safety of journalists uh, and, you know, whether you can speak to any development on this case. Yes, Nazreen. It's it's a case that I think is worrying and of concern to to all of us across the continent and even internationally. Um, let's talk about where he went missing. It's in the rest of region of Cabo Delgado, okay. and you know, there was militant attack on the town of Palma in March this year, and this you know dramatic escal escalation in the violence has resulted in more than eight hundred thousand people being displaced. Um, so at 1.16 international and African civil society organizations wrote to the Mozambican president, uh, Philip Nusi, and they expressed their concern about the violence by government forces against also the journalists who are trying to cover the Islamist insurgency. At the same time, they also asked for a thorough investigation into the enforced disappearance of Mbaruko. And for the last few years, both Nisa and, um, you know, uh, Affix have been shining a spotlight and, you know, putting pressure on some kind of investi deep investigation. Uh, but as far as we know, there's nothing that's really happened on that front. Mm -hmm. We haven't found satisfactory answers to be, to be, per uh, to be honest. And so when you, and, and that's what drives this, you know, culture of impunity when mm. there is no justice people perpetrators feel that they can continue their attacks uh especially against journalists and you can see this i mean in nine months um 11 african journalists being killed that's a really high number yes yeah so mm, indeed and, you know, I, I think it just goes to show that, you know, a society that leaves journalists, killers and harassers to walk free isn't a democracy and that something does need to be done, even in regards to the judicial system. And listeners, you may want to check out a new video from our friends at the Namibia Media Trust entitled 
Let's Take a Moment, which really showcases some of the journalists murdered on the African continent this year. Check it out on their website at nmt.africa. Um, and uh, before we wrap up, uh, Rihanna, could we turn to Nigeria, where um, IFEX member Media Rights Agenda has called on the federal government to establish a specialized team of prosecutors to investigate and prosecute the perpetrators of crimes against journalists and other media workers. Uh, Rihanna, could you tell us a little bit more about this uh, and particularly what role do regional and international treaty obligations play in ensuring the safety of journalists? Okay, so there's two actions that the media rights agenda uh, organization has, has undertaken. One of them uh, on uh, November 2, they actually wrote to the Attorney General um, and uh, the Minister of Justice, Abu Bakr Malami, uh, in the federal government, and they've asked the federal government to establish a special team of prosecutors. And they're saying that, look, they should be responsible for facilitating effective investigations and prosecution of perpetrators of crimes against journalists and other media workers. And this is in line with Nigeria's uh, fulfillment of its regional and international treaty obligations, uh, which they have signed to ensure the safety of journalists. And when we talk about, uh, you know, these um, international, uh, you know, protocols, there's the, Af the revised, um, African Commission Declaration of Principles on Freedom of Expression and Access to Information, 2019. And there's a clause relating to the safety of journalists. There's also the new U UN Human Rights Council Resolution, um, which is adopted by consensus uh, at their meeting on 6th October, 2020, okay? And this resolution, the other aspect of this resolution, which is very important, uh, Nazreen, is mm -hmm. that it's it calls for more comprehensive measures to protect women journalists against uh, sexual harassment, other forms of sexual and gender-based violence. You know, it's got stronger language. Um, and even the revised declaration, the ACHPR revised, the, the language is far more compelling. So that is very important. And when I was just doing a little bit of research just for my own information, there's almost um, 10... 12 resolutions by the various arms of the UN body which talk to the safety of journalists. And these are what can be used in strategic mm. litigation. And the reason I mentioned strategic litigation is because the, the MRA has also filed a suit at the ECOWAS Community Court of Justice in uh, Abuja. Okay. And they, over the failure of the federal government of Nigeria to effectively investigate, prosecute, and punish perpetrators of the murders of 11 journalists. And they're asking the court to actually direct the government to pay the families of each of the journalists 10 million naira as reparation. Um, so that is very important uh, and something that we need to keep an eye on. Indeed. Yeah, thank you for walking us through that. And I think it just highlights the you know, the, behind a journalist that there are families, colleagues that, you know, are associated or connected to these journalists. And oftentimes in these situations, they remain powerless, right? And it's great that th that is sort of happening um, in terms of members being a bit more strategic in the way they're, um, you know, holding the state accountable. Well, Rihanna, thank you so 
Oh, so sorry for cutting you off. No, oh. absolutely. I agree with you, Nazreen. Yes. And yeah, thank you so much. Again, I, you know, it's it, quite a heavy conversation, but something that is quite timely. And um, but that's all the time that we've got for this month. Um, if you've enjoyed our discussion, please share it widely. And don't forget, you can now find us on ispeak.africa, a collective space for advocacy and media freedom hosted by our friends at Namibia Media Trust and Media Institute of Southern Africa. We're also on your favorite audio platforms, including AfriPods, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can follow our Twitter feed at twitter.com slash ifex to stay in touch with the latest free expression developments from Africa and around the world. Finally, don't forget that you can now send us feedback to africabrief at ifex.org. We love to hear what you think. And a huge thank you to our producers, Aram Partap and Paco Lepe. And thanks to you for listening. See you again next month.